Happy New Year, you beautiful person. Have I got the best start to 2020 for you? And that is all about developing rituals. Rituals that see us flourishing, staying motivated, productive, but also nurturing ourselves throughout this new year and new decade. Because let's face it, 2019 for so many people that I talked to was a big year, a tough year, a full year. And as I've glided into 2020, I've actually really taken my time this year to reflect and get quite introspective about 2019 and the decade that was before I launch into 2020. I've got goals, I've got plans, but I'm actually quite happy sitting in the space of January to continue to map those out and refine them and get really clear on them. But what I am focused on straight off the bat on the 1st of January was habits and rituals that are going to serve me throughout the year. Because a good friend of mine, James Clear, says that habits are the systems that set you up for success. And I think it's so, so true. And so I've been doing my yoga. I've been having my hot lemon water. I have been not drinking coffee. I have been journaling. I have been doing my gratitudes. I've been taking my supplements. And it's a pretty easy, simple routine because each of those is kind of interlinked to each other. So as I do them in this ritual routine each morning, it just becomes really easy. And that is why my dear friend Natalie McNeil has joined me on this episode of Untapped to talk all about the power of rituals. Hey, I'm Natalie Sisson, a Kiwi, best-selling author, speaker, podcaster, vlogger, and business coach dedicated to helping you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. Before we dive in, I just want to let you know that Natalie is an Emmy award-winning media entrepreneur, influential blogger, and thought leader in the sphere of entrepreneurship and personal branding for women. You may remember her as my dear friend back when she had She Takes on the World. She has since rebranded over to Natalie McNeil, and she has really gone down this incredible path of looking at a whole lot of learning modalities for understanding how to bring out your best self. So I know that this is the perfect episode to start your 2020 off on the right foot. Let's dive in. Natalie McNeil is in the Untapped Podcast house. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I have been really excited about this because I've known you for so long. Love what you're up to. Love the new podcast. And here we are. I know. I think it's been a I've decade. Been, yes. What's yes. really cool. I was reflecting on this before I jumped into the podcast. Like I've been on all the iterations of your content <laughs> and podcast from like Natalie Sisson to Woman's World to Suitcase Entrepreneur to Untapped. Like yeah. it's so amazing to think back on all the all the things that we've done, the journey that we've both been on. And I always love when our paths converge. So thank you for inviting me on so that we could have this convergence of our paths <laughs> once again. <laughs> me too. It is so crazy. And if I think back to the Natalie McNeil that I knew when I first met you in 2009, and I think we hung out in Ontario and we also hung out in New York at a blogging conference. I mean, you were Miss Natalie McNeil, she takes on the world and you were taking on the world and you were super like driven in your business and you taught me a lot about structure and legal structures and massive profitability and you were just so focused and driven to the to the Nat McNeil now who is obviously still has all those qualities but is, and I'm going to use the word because somebody used this on me a few years ago, a lot softer and more spiritual and um just with a lot of grace and depth and understanding of vulnerability and openness that I think always existed within you. But at the time that we went, we were just both, you know, making shit happen and hustling and building. And yeah, it's just been so beautiful to see you. It's kind of like a chrysalis of a butterfly, I think, is how I would describe your journey. <laughs> is that what it feels Thank like you. a little? It, it feels exactly that way. And I've talked a lot about that feeling of being in a cocoon. And over, even just over the last few years, I have allowed myself to dissolve so that I could be, I could be put back together in a different way. 
And that feels very true for me. And I feel like I've just emerged and there were two big catalysts for that for me. And the first one was my move from Canada to the US. So from Mm -hmm. a small city in Canada to living in my dream home now in Los Angeles and heartbreak as well and leaving a decade long relationship. And those two things, I think really broke my heart open. And I worked with a healer a long time ago that said, you're meant to move through the world that way. Um, with your heart open. And it's like mine had to, it felt like it had to be broken open for me to really feel the depths of my like truth and vulnerability and to really come to know myself in a deeper way. And then just be willing to crawl into the cocoon and let myself dissolve, like not knowing what was going to be on the other side of all of that. And then I had a a pretty hard time when I first got to the US. It was harder than I expected it to be, even though it's what I wanted. And sometimes we want something and we hold that vision and we will take on short-term pain for that longer-term gain and that that longer-term manifestation of what we were desiring. And so I went through all of that in the last few years. And I feel like I'm, I'm rooted here now. Like I've mm. settled, I feel more clear. I feel in my power and I just am so ready for what's next. And you've got so many amazing relationships and friendships. I mean, I've been watching from a distance because we haven't actually caught up in person. Oh, well, I did when I was in LA was it two years ago now? We actually yeah. caught up for an afternoon. I got to see your lovely place. We had tea and yes. um, and so much has happened even since then. And I feel like my journey from, as you said, from suitcase entrepreneur into just being me was a really intense and at times painful and challenging and liberating journey, but certainly pretty difficult, I think, to move away from a brand that has been so much a part of your identity for so long. And you've done the same this year by releasing She Takes on the World, which was your baby for well, your entire sort of business life that I've known you in to fully be Natalie McNeil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love to discuss that because I feel like we've been through something similar, but completely different journeys. And yours has been even more intense um, because you've had another breakup and a, and a new love in your life and just a new book that you've birthed and so much happening. But I just want you to share with those listening, like, what do you think it takes to it's almost like transform and change that identity and then be at peace with it. What do you think it really takes? Because I certainly found it a pretty, well, a very challenging process. Yes, it is a very challenging process. And we have to first be willing to step into the fire and let what needs to be burned away, burn away. And that takes a lot of courage In terms of how we start that process of transformation, I believe that we have to to feel it all first. And it wasn't until I started to feel the pain, the grief, and really sit in it. Like I left a life behind when I left Canada. Mm. I had a beautiful home and I was in a relationship and I lived in the same city as my family and I had beautiful friends. And yet I was feeling called to something more. And I knew that the life that I had created was no longer the life that I was meant to be living. And I was like hyper aware of that. And yet it's still leaving that behind felt kind of crazy at the time. And a lot of people were like, why would you do that? And when I got here, I didn't expect to feel so much grief. And it wasn't until I allowed that grief and I I just met it. I met it in my body. I felt into where it was in my body. I had conversations with it. I asked it what it wanted me to know. I, I felt it. I cried all the tears. I reflected, I unpacked that part of my life and where I had been so that I could really find the the wisdom and find the gold and all of that, that I wanted to take into the next chapter. And then also see where I was coming up against some limiting beliefs or mm-hmm. some judgments of myself or mm-hmm. 
all of those things that we experience as humans. So first we have to feel it all and be in a space of awareness around everything that we've created in our lives to that moment. Like you have to mm -hmm. see it all first before you can transform something. You need to see it. And then you need to feel into all the feelings that come up and then you get to start healing that healing. For me, there were some deep wounds there to look at and to heal. And then from there, I had great revelation. There was a revealing of what I'm really here for. And it wasn't she takes on the world. That wasn't meant to be my greater um, life's mission, but it was mm -hmm. a big, big part of the foundation. It was a big part of my roots in so many ways. And so you feel it, you heal it, and then reveal it. So feel, heal, reveal. Ooh. And that's a, a huge part of um, this methodology I actually developed called transformational embodiment that I'm deepening my work around. And that feels like a, a big part of my next chapter. I love it. Um, oh, exciting. I want to dig into that. But even just hearing you speak, I mean, I just wish people could transport themselves back to 2009. And also when we first went to LA together, Manhattan Beach and recorded our entire we mastermind launch, yes. which was women entrepreneurs mastermind and in some ways hey we kind of charted look at where you are now like you're living not that far away from there you're living in the the dream place for you you have these amazing connections and relationships and awesome business that's gone better than ever um and you just told me you've taken four months off this year and had your most profitable year so i want to dive into that but <laughs> it just is not the the net that i remember speaking to back then i know this is all in you yeah, and it's probably right. in me as well but i feel like you um and i'm being really honest here i felt i looked at an email that you sent out a couple of months ago about your big journey this year and i was like ah oh, i feel like i'm lagging behind nat mcneil in terms of my spiritual growth and journey because even though i've been through this big change and accepting the sort of breakup from the suitcase entrepreneur, but it's still being a huge part of who I was and something I'm very proud of, but releasing it, as you said, and letting it go and having that kind of closing ceremony. I did work through all of that, but what I haven't done along the way, which you've done incredibly well, is you've been doing all this personal and spiritual growth work the whole time I knew you. And in some ways you never revealed it, like how long you've actually been practicing and cultivating the art of meditation and a lot of these mm -hmm. other um rituals that you've done, but also these methodologies and modalities that you've been practicing for years. And when you listed them out in the email, I was like, well, look at that. I had, like, I had no idea. How did she manage to do that the whole time whilst running a really successful business and moving countries? Um, so just, yeah, I just really wanted to put that out there, how impressive it is in your dedication to continuing to be your best self and continuing to grow. Thanks, Nat. And I mean, we are all on our own path. I happen to be called to meditation and certain healing modalities at a pretty young age. I think because I was was really sick a couple times in my childhood mm -hmm. and, and was hospitalized. And um, I can trace some of that back to those moments and mm -hmm. being in a hospital room all by myself as a child and having to sleep in a hospital for several nights alone. Um, it's where I started meditating actually. Mm. And I, I really believe that we all just have our own path and, and tools that work for us. And meditation is one that I feel um, everyone can benefit from, but it's, mm. it's not what everyone feels called to like mm. sitting in long periods of meditation. Isn't always what resonates for someone else. And I think we all have our own tools. We all have our own lessons that we are here to learn and none are more valuable than another. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all just our own unique journeys that we're living. And I think one of the things that social media has not been great for is this comparison sometimes or feeling like someone else's path is better or someone's like gone deeper in something or someone knows more or has more or whatever those those things are that come up and a lot of that has come up for me in the past too because we're always looking at other people's 
way of being, way of living, and it's so easy to compare ourselves. And we don't always know what's going on on the inside or going on for real in that we we see a lot of beautiful photos and we don't know someone's struggle. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. So Mm -hmm. I just encourage everyone who's listening to stay in your own lane and um, do the work that you're feeling called to do. And if you want to explore something, don't be afraid to explore it. And every year I would go off and learn something different. So I think Mm -hmm. Natalie, I remember um, doing a herbology retreat and training right before we had done one of our We Mastermind launches in uh, in Peru. And anything that I felt called to do, I would dive into and explore. And sometimes I would take it. Sometimes it didn't feel like it served me and I would move on to the next. And mm. yeah, it's all yeah. woven together now to be part of what I feel I'm here to do in the world. And would you like to reveal, even though you probably already have, but what what... Would you like to reveal what that is to our listeners? What's the next stage? We're in a new decade. It's so funny you word it that way. It's so (laughs) hilarious because it's called reveal. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) If you're listening, this was not planned for Natalie to be like, would you like to reveal what you will be, what you will be doing? How about you reveal that now? Maybe Um, I'm more in tune than the line that I realized. I think so. I think so, Nat. You're on my wavelength here. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, the the next thing I'm stepping into is reveal. There will be reveal with Natalie McNeil podcast. I want to dive deep with people. I want to talk to influencers and colleagues, friends, um, people not in our space as well about what's really going on and some of their deepest fears and some of the things that have been a struggle and really diving deep. So I'm excited about that. And then I have a new program that is my signature program called Reveal. And it's an eight week journey for women entrepreneurs to really step into their power and to let go of those limiting beliefs to go beyond the mindset conversation. I feel we have so much in this industry and mindset is not everything. We're told it is, especially in our industry, but there are five levels, five layers beyond mind that we need to focus on to really be in our power and get to the truth of who we are and and what we're here to do. So I want to take people on that much deeper journey Still with coaching, still helping people build businesses around their soul's work, but just in a different way than I've been doing in the past. So it feels like I have a set of keys. (laughs) It feels like I have a set of keys that open doors to these spaces of like abundance and just space of like pure potentiality. And I want to get those keys into as many hands as possible. I love it. Well, you're on the right podcast for a pack start because this is all about tapping into your potential. So apparently you have the keys, so I can just hand this over to you and (laughs) take it away. Um, Would you be willing to reveal the five keys or not necessarily all of them, but just, yeah, if you can just share a little bit more about that, because that feels like the kind of conversations we need to be having. And if it helps you, I just had a vision of, you know, Tom, how do you say his last name? Tom Bealu, is it? The um, Ah, yeah. Yeah. Tom and Lisa, his yes. wife, is a is a good friend. Oh, she's amazing. She look well, she looks amazing from what she shares. So it's good to know she yes. is probably in real life. But I just had a vision of you hosting more of a show like that because I feel like he has some pretty powerful conversations. Um, but then I imagine You're exactly right. So you're spot on. Look oh, that. There we go. Look Intuition. at that vision. It just yeah, perfect. Okay, that's <laughs> That's what I was excited about. And, and I love that it's reveal with Natalie McNeil. Just, you know, it's lyrical. So, yeah, what are, if you don't mind sharing one to five of these fantastic keys, because to me it sounds like you're talking about even on a spiritual level as much as a, a heart level and brain level and potentially on a chakra level. I don't know. It's Natalie McNeil. Anything's possible. Um, but I do think that that is really fascinating because learning more about that and studying more about that and meeting more people who are operating in this realm it's like Mm -hmm. there's fourth and fifth dimensions and I didn't even know about those um for a (laughs) while so is this sort of the area that you're heading or is it more just about total embodiment 
Embodiment is a huge, you're just, you're spot on, Natalie. Um, <laughs> embodiment over mindset, mm. I believe is really important, like being more in our bodies. I've been talking to a lot of people who have been feeling uh, all of this too, have been feeling a lot of transition and going through a lot of transition in the last couple of years. And I believe that stepping into a new decade, it really feels to me and to many others I've talked to like a portal and it's a portal into this new paradigm and into a new way of being into a new way of doing things. And in that new paradigm, it's about aliveness over automation and rituals over habits and embodiment over mindset and flow over force. And the old ways of doing things are not going to work where we're headed and working to burnout is not going to work, is not going to create success anymore. And it definitely doesn't create fulfillment. That's for sure. Um, we've learned to automate so many things too. And of course, automation and you and I have both talked a lot about this in the past. There's nothing wrong with automating things and making your mm -hmm. life easier, but sometimes we automate things and we automate habits to a point where we are living pretty robotic lives. And when I walk down the street and I see people connected to their phones, like not even looking up at all, when I see everything become automatic, it's taking away from being in our aliveness and being present in the moment and being connected with the people around us. And I believe that the connection and joy and being in nature, like those things unlock and reveal so much to us mm -hmm. that I think we're going to continue to become more and more aware of. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to seeing a lot of transformation in that space. Like 95 to 99% of what we do every day is automated, is our programming. And yeah. so I, I want to know what would you choose if you were the one choosing? If mm. the world was not interpreted for you, was not given meaning for you, what would you be choosing? And I think that that's a beautiful question to start with that in is. terms of contemplating what's really possible and how you may create your future. Yeah, I love that. And it's so funny because the house that we have just moved to at the time of recording this is, as I mentioned to you, surrounded by trees and nature and green and floor to ceiling windows where every single room has a view and it feels like nature's invited in. And the hmm. biggest thing for me for the last three to four years living semi-rural has been nature. And I think it's just allowed me to, I mean, one, it's my favorite place to hang out. And two, I think it's really helped ground me and make me more aware and present. And it slowed my pace of life. And I just stop and look at it and embrace it so much more than when I was living in the city. Nature and second is my dogs, because you just have to be present around dogs. Well, I am like, I just love them to bits. I just, want... I've seen that from, I've seen you with oh dogs gosh. and it's amazing to see. Oh yeah. Every time we traveled anywhere, didn't I? I stopped to say hello to every single dog because I think to every me, they... <laughs> it's ridiculous. They represent to me just loving life in all its beauty and in the simplest possible way. They have everything's an adventure, everything's playtime, everything's exciting. They're always curious and they're just always, to me, just happy to see you. And so having those two and nature around me is like my happy place 100% of the time. And I've really noticed it starting to affect how I show up. And when I do go into the city, I love the buzz and the vibe and the energy, but I see what you see. And I sometimes am guilty of it, this hyper connection to the internet and our devices as an extension of our hand. Um, and it's scary because we are losing ourselves in that to the fact that people can't even have conversations with people anymore because they're so <laughs> connected to a digital age, they've kind of forgotten how to be present in the present moment, grounded with people who are right in front of them. So exactly. And it's yeah. one of the things that you have always done so beautifully in the time that I've known you, at least you've spent a lot of time in nature. I always admired you so much for these long bike rides that you would go on like several like 
30, 40 miles. I remember when you rode across Africa, you rode like from the sure. north of the continent to the south and remembering you doing things like that and feeling like, wow, the, the depth of connection she has with nature. I remember your trip to Argentina as well. And every time yeah. you and I were in a different city somewhere in the world together, you always got outside mm. so much. And I think we need more of that. And you just did a triathlon, what? <laughs> Ironman. Yeah. So impressed yeah. by you. That's pretty nuts. Whereas my memory of our cycling in Berlin was me helping you crash because we went down that big crash, scary yeah. hill. So that's what I brought to your <laughs> life on that cycle ride. Bit of adventure, um, not <laughs> ideal, but yeah, it's so true. I think growing up in New Zealand, does give you a, a real privilege around the amount of nature that we can be in. But I know plenty of people who just don't spend time in it, even though it's right on their doorstep and that really makes mm -hmm. it sad. So, um, cause there's a whole lot of source out there in nature and there's a whole lot of just awareness and spiritual connection. I find incredible and grounds Absolutely. me. Yeah. Um, and it is one of, in my experience, the best ways to untap your potential. Mm. Being Speaking in nature, <laughs> com communing mm -hmm. with nature, like being with a tree, contemplating, contemplating the life of a tree. I did this, this may sound a little woo-woo to some of you, but I was at a Tantra training in Greece in the summer as part of this four months that I took off while my business was still thriving, uh, which felt amazing. amazing. Yeah, I <laughs> And I was at this retreat center and it was, we were silent for several days and there was a huge oak tree in the meditation space. And I sat with the oak tree every day for mm. quite a few hours every day. I downloaded so many lessons, so much wisdom from this tree. And I got so much out of the contemplation of just being with this tree, being in nature and telling me things like, you know, all the, all the acorns that you see on the tree. Like I create acorns because that is my divine creative impulse. These acorns are because it's what I'm, it's part of my programming. It's part of my creative expression and I'm not attached to any of them becoming oak trees. When I'm creating an acorn, I'm not thinking, is this going to be an acorn that becomes another me, another mighty oak tree? Is this going to be an acorn that doesn't get to become a tree? Like that acorn is perfectly programmed to expand into being an oak tree. And yet the many of them won't. Many of those acorns will never become trees mm -hmm. and yet the oak tree continues to create without that attachment and that was just one of the lessons that came and i was like i just i just have to trust i just need to flow and trust that what i feel called to create it's meant to be created and i don't have to have an attachment to how much money it's going to make how many people it's going to serve how many people are going to read the book or see the episode like it's just my responsibility to create because that is what we are divinely programmed to do. And yeah, just so that. many lessons in nature that it, it unlocked a lot for me over the summer. That's led me to the place that I'm in now that feels like mm. the most powerful place I've been in my life. For now, watch out world. For um, now. I also think that Oprah <laughs> sits under a big tree, doesn't she? I'm, I'm pretty sure that she's done quite a lot of her interviews recently under this big tree that she has at her property and she just sits out there and enjoys it. And I'm sure she says that she like downloads wisdom from the tree as well. So I'd, yeah, there's just so much that you can get from nature. Does She has a lot of trees on that property in California. Yeah. Have you been there? Beautiful. No, I oh, haven't. I mean, okay. yet. I'm going yeah, yet. very soon though. Yeah. Oh, I'm you? very excited about it. Oh my gosh, that's exciting. You've been to Necker Island and now you're going to <laughs> Oprah's tree plantation, you know. You need to come to Necker Island with me. I do, I do. I absolutely do. And I was, remember I was talking to you about it last time, but it wasn't the right time for me. And now I know it is. So we will talk about that after the podcast. Um, Perfect. One I'm thing, looking forward to it. 
One thing that I want to add to what you just said is I absolutely experienced that in the last year when I was launching something that I, and I've talked about this quite a lot on the podcast, really openly, launching something I knew was great, have done many times before, decided to change it up, put all my effort into it, but not necessarily my energy alignment. And I'm making a really specific point on that. And it absolutely sucked. It was a really hard experience. It was the worst launch ever after, what, nine, ten years of launching online courses. And I know it was because I was not energetically aligned with it. It felt like I turned up to be an upholder and to do what I said I do, not what I actually wanted to do. And straight forward to this year when I created my most fun experience and it's an accelerator like yours and it was called launch your damn course so it was sassy and fun and it was light and it was super valuable and it was live and it had heaps of interaction and engagement and action taking and reflection and I loved it and it sold out three times and I just realized I didn't turn up to make that the most successful thing I didn't um, put it out there going it's got to be this I just put it out there and went who wants it like who feels called to this? And it was a completely different experience. So I love that you made that differentiation because when I let go of any expectations, which is a hard thing to do because I always have high expectations, but when I let go of them and I just produce and create for the benefit of the people that I want to serve, it always turns out in a way that is beyond my wildest imagination. Yet it takes that effort to relinquish any control over it and just put out your best possible work with the best intention and energy behind it. Yeah, so I love that. Beautiful. Thank lesson. you for sharing yours as well. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there for people who are feeling they're struggling or coming up against up. It's usually, I think, because it's linked to how you're feeling about it and the energy you're putting behind it or not putting behind it. Absolutely. Um, so I loved also before how you were talking about let's move away from automation into flow and let's move away from habits into rituals, which leads me beautifully into these gorgeous rituals that you have been putting out into the world um, through a virtual retreat and also through your new book, The Rituals, which is probably far away, completely different to any other book of your best-selling books that you've put out in the past, mm -hmm. um, which have also been awesome, but just different time and place. Don't you feel with books that they're very much a reflection of where you were at the time that you wrote them, which makes sense. Absolutely. But I yep. see authors and I'm like, <laughs> gosh, that author has grown so much since they wrote that thing. But at the time that they wrote that thing, that's exactly the right place that they needed to be in order to birth that book. So this one yeah. feels very different for you. Do you want to share a little more about um, when you first, I guess, had the desire to, to write it? Oh, yes. The desire for this book is years in the making because I've traveled the world like you have, and I've been blessed to be able to immerse myself in a lot of different cultures and get to experience a lot of different practices. And those are the things that have, have untapped potential for me, have unlocked portals within me. And I believe that we come to know ourselves through knowing each other, through talking to strangers, through traveling to faraway places, through diving into practices that we maybe haven't tried before, till we unlock new parts of ourselves. So rituals were a big part of that for me on my journey. And a few years ago, it was feeling like that's what wanted to be birthed through me next was this book. I could see it very clearly in my mind. And whenever I have a project or a book or anything I'm working on, I speak to, I call it soul. I speak to soul consciousness, the heart of it. I speak to the soul of that product or of that service or of that book that I'm getting the idea for. And I ask it what it wants to be. And I ask it what messages it has for me. And this book very clearly wanted to be a beautiful rituals book with practices that were simple, that people could easily incorporate into their lives to just unlock a little bit more and to awaken a little bit more, to open the door, just a little crack into where you're, you're meant to be going next. And so at the time when I was talking to publishers about it, they were like, oh, we've got some influencers doing habits books. Why don't you do a habits book? And I thought about it for a while and it just didn't feel right to do the habits book. I was going to um, just to kind of mold it to be someone else's vision. But whenever I would drop into the book, the book was like 
this is what I want to be. It's going to be yours or it's going to go to somebody else. <laughs> and I was like, I honor you. I'm taking on this book. And it was quite a journey. And I ended up moving publishers for it. I ended up at an amazing publisher called Chronicle. I love them so much. And I did the book deal when I was in Bali uh, last year. And then it all unfolded so beautifully. I've done all my book deals in Bali, which is crazy. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and it, sometimes it's like months where there's no action or anything. And then I, I go to Bali and for some reason, that's like my book vortex. <laughs> so I was well, there. Well, there's apparently a female vortex of energy. So it does feel like a very great place to birth new book place. ideas. I it love is. that place. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the rituals started to come to life there. And I got to I got to honor that book. And it's beautiful. It's custom illustrated by Lindsay Hines. It's it's just gorgeous. I'm so happy with it. And I've been getting amazing feedback and it feels really good to have it out mm -hmm. in the world. And inside you'll find 36 practices to cultivate well-being, to deepen your relationships to reveal more of your purpose and what you're here to do to create more joy and aliveness and pleasure and to tap into your power and so much more so that is that is the rituals book that sounds shall like a I, powerful book yeah please shall i open i i love doing this on yes. podcasts i love just opening the book like mm -hmm. an oracle deck to whatever ritual would like to be shared with your audience right now Okay. This one is the upside down day ritual. Ooh, like um, this is an inversion ritual, which is about turning social norms on their head. I think this is very fitting for you and for uh, your listeners. Dang, so right it is. <laughs> <laughs> inversion rituals would remind revelers of the fragility of social conventions. Um, Brazil's carnival is uh, an inversion ritual or example of that. So people dress in elaborate costumes, they indulge in food and drink, and they do that just before the more restrictive season of Lent begins. Mm. The um, ancient Celts had a practice like this in a tarot deck. The hanged man card shows a man hung from a tree by his foot and his head close to the ground. And the name and the imagery of that card can seem a little scary um, just like inversions can seem scary, but its message is one of renovation and reinvention and to grow spiritually and creatively, the hanged man suggests that you need to shake things up and get a radically fresh perspective. I especially love that I open this, um, open to the inversion ritual because you've, I've seen you do so many inversions and, <laughs> and handstands and headstands and all of it. So it feels, <laughs> it feels so fitting. So in this particular practice, if you want to try it in a simpler way, because they don't have to be extreme, mm -hmm. you can write or eat with your non-dominant hand. This mm -hmm. actually, um, it means that a different part of your brain works when you write or you eat using your non-dominant hand, you're unlocking a part of your brain that wasn't being used when you were using the dominant hand. You can have breakfast for dinner. I know you and I have done that in many places around the world. <laughs> you can take a new route to work just so that you're not mm. on autopilot. Or if you go for a walk in your neighborhood, don't take the same path choose different routes because that actually keeps the mind sharper and keeps you thinking about it and mm -hmm. keeps you more present actually to the surroundings. It's easy to be less present and we are less present when we are in automated sequences or automated loops and paths and habits that we're always in. Um, you can sleep with your head where your feet usually are. You can read a poem or a book, like last line to first line. So there's a lot of different things. You can dress completely differently and get playful with how you dress. And the key is really to just spark inspiration and remain open to people and opportunities and experiences that you might not otherwise notice if you're just in a routine. So it really mm. shakes up your routine. And there's one practice you can try and take on. I love that. Thank you so much. And a special reading from the author herself. I'd love to ask, <laughs> where do you feel it's best to have routine in your life versus rituals? Because I asked this 
right now, given that I am decluttering as we've moved house and I'm downsizing and I'm minimizing. And I, I feel a calling to actually have less stuff again, uh, a lot less stuff. I'm not sure where it all came from, but it did. And also simplifying. So just having less and, and a really simple example of this is just I want literally four to five outfits in my wardrobe and I just want to cycle through them and not have to think but still feel pretty great in them and feel like they're me and they're sassy but not have the overwhelm or overload of just choice where I don't want it. And it feels to me there a routine would be really helpful to me because it allows mm -hmm. me to spend more time thinking on things that are important, doing some deep reflection, spending more time with friends versus, you know, not that I spend much time in my wardrobe anyway. I'm probably the fastest dresser in the West. But the point is just simplifying. So where do you see a really good place for routine versus rituals that actually get you thinking and get you changing up your ways? I love that. And I think that is a beautiful example because when we declutter our physical spaces, that also that also declutters our minds. Mm. It declutters your your whole like energy field. When we have a lot of stuff around physically, it actually takes up a lot of space mentally and emotionally too, and in ways that we don't even think about. So I think decluttering and simplifying that way and having more automation, if you will, in a sense of, I'm just going to cycle through these four outfits. It's going to be one, two, three, four, and then one, two, three, four all over again. I think that's a beautiful way to cut out something that maybe isn't meaningful for you. Like if it's not meaningful for you to be expressing yourself through a different outfit every day, then that is amazing because it's going to save you time and free up time for the things that actually matter and are meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. For another person, I know a few of these people in Los Angeles, they're outfits are a huge part of their self-expression and that's something that they spend a lot of time on every week mm. because it's meaningful to them mm. so i think it's all about finding the things that are most meaningful to us yeah. and starting from that place yeah. i also i love saving time on things like cooking like if i can mm if I can prepare things in advance or think about it in advance so that it frees up time throughout the day. I love doing things like that or having a, a food service that is automated during times where I'm really busy because I actually do get a lot of joy from cooking. I love being with the food. I love preparing it and like pouring blessings into it. Um, but I don't always have space to do that, especially if I'm on a book tour or something. And then when I'm on something like a book tour, or when we go through these launch cycles, which I'm sure quite a few people in your audience know about as well, sometimes it just helps for us to have more things automated to support us in being in the work that we feel is our soul's work in what we want to be sharing in the world. So right now I have a lot of um, things on my plate and they're all there because I put them there and I'm grateful for them. And it's taking up uh, quite a bit of space right now and I'm spending a lot of time working. And so anything that I can automate in my um, personal life from having someone else prepare me beverages and food and ordering a meal service where the food is all prepped um, already. Those are things that are examples, I think, of making Smart more automation. space for the things that matter for the things that matter most. Mm. Yeah, which is different to what we were talking about before with automation, which is when you can sometimes put too much into that that you actually want to be present for and want to be doing when we systemize so much that we've kind of taken the fun out of things or the joy out of the things. So, yeah, perfect. I love those examples. Yeah, um, and then still bringing mindfulness to that too. So, you know, eating the food that was prepared by someone else, like stopping and really reflecting on that mm -hmm. and how grateful I am that there's mama earth that gives us beautiful veggies and someone who prepared these for me. And now I get to have them nourishing my body during yeah, these busy earth. times. And, yeah. So good. I'm looking forward to planting more vegetables here now that we have the space. So yeah, I love it. I just love to wrap up. I think even though we could talk forever about mm -hmm. your main vision for 2020, because I'm sure you've done a lot of this. So you've probably done some ceremonies around it. What's coming through for you and that my listeners should be sort of aware of or thinking about for 2020? The very open-ended question. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 for me is going to be the least 
mapped out and planned year that I have had since starting my first business years ago. And mm. I'm stepping into a place of more flow and following what feels present and alive um, short term and not planning out the whole year. Oftentimes I have like <laughs> an entire year, all my goals, all my milestones. This year I'm doing it a little bit differently. Still planning some content, but not batching content like I used to. Not doing like six months of content all at the same time. I'll do it like every few weeks um, and do it as I feel inspired. Less perfection, more experimentation more space and time off and diving deeper into things that I want to explore mm -hmm. right now and just receiving a lot more support as well and getting to continue to build this beautiful relationship that I'm in with my love and this partnership is so magical and I want to spend time in that and exploring what the two of us can do together as well. So 2020 is a year of more spaciousness deeper embodiment of my highest truth, my highest expression, my highest purpose, and a lot of joy. Because what I've been finding is that the more joy and play and space I have, the more I thrive, the more my business grows. A few years ago, I was just at, it felt like I was at war with myself. Hmm. And it felt like I had this part of me that was like warrior Natalie. And then there was this like playful part of me and it felt like they couldn't coexist together. It was either mm -hmm. like I was in playful mode or I was in warrior mode. And now I want to really feel like those are fully integrated and I can, I can do both. I can, mm -hmm. I can be all of that at the same time. And I can run a successful company and I can be a powerful woman and I can also be playful and childlike and just in a state of awe and wonder and move through the world from that place. So I don't have a lot of very specific goals for 2020, except that I want to flow with life and I want to be open to all the places that life mm -hmm. wants to take me because when I am surrendered and when I am in trust, the most amazing things unfold that I could not have created for myself if I had been so rigid. Mm. I so love hearing that from you. You of all people, actually. I think you deserve <laughs> Me of all people. It's a big deal. I mean, I've, I've written books on, you know, productivity and always from a place of um, always from a place of doing the inner work first mm. and being clear inside and having your having business growth and personal growth going hand in hand and, and integrating. But yeah, I mean, to write a business planning book and productivity books and then to be <laughs> in this place, it's a very different place mm -hmm. for me. And the, the doing that I do in 2020 will be inspired by being. So doing inspired Ooh. by being Love is it. a big intention. You've got some beautiful gold nuggets there. I love this. It's like, yeah, excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much. Where... Thanks for taking the gold nuggets. Do you know what? We were having this conversation last night. You're, you're so on my wavelength right now. Last night we were at this event and there were a few of us talking, like a few podcasters and interview people. And I was talking to a few people about interviews and one of the women there had done a brilliant podcast interview with me. And I was like, you're such a great interviewer. Sometimes like people just don't take the nuggets and they're like, okay, even though you're talking about this one, <laughs> One thing, let's just not talk about that at all. And let me ask you the next question on my list mm -hmm. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this conversation. And we were just laughing about that. And I, I was saying like, take my gold nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I have been so alive with you today. It's like, You've been, we're just, we were so in sync. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the Natalie's um, reuniting. Uh, thank Natalie you so squared, much. squared, reunited. Natalie squared. Exactly. For those listening, you probably remember us as Natalie squared. Um, where is the best place for people to find the the butterfly that is Natalie McNeil. <laughs> Find me everywhere on social media at Natalie McNeil. And if you come to nataliemacneil.com and visit me there, you can also download my futuring ritual and some other practices to untap your potential. 
and so much more. <laughs> I love it. I also love that we both have our name on social media everywhere. I think we're quite lucky in that respect, you know, both yes. our names. Mm. Yeah, we got them a long time ago. We got them a long time ago. We did yeah. first movers. Thank you so much. This has been such a blast and so gorgeous to catch up. And I hope that this has empowered people going into 2020 with just how much you're in charge of your own destiny, but also how much you get to be open to what the universe has for you. So thank you for bringing that to this podcast. Yes. Thanks. So that's a wrap. I hope that you enjoyed Natalie's personal journey, what she's been through, and I guess the sort of creation of her own ideal life that she has mapped out and lived over the last four or five years and the massive changes that she's made from being the sort of small town lady in Canada to her move to Los Angeles to all the things that have rippled through her life since making some pretty big decisions and really sticking with these beautiful rituals. So I hope you pick up a copy of her book. If you come across the show notes at nataliesisson.com forward slash 048, I've got a little bit more written up there about Natalie, also a link to her book and a little bonus in there if you are wanting to start the year off in a fantastic way unrelated to rituals but related to business and more revenue and more financial freedom and that is all about blogging if you feel that 2020 is your year to start a blog that allows you to get paid to be you then all I suggest you do is head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash 2020 blog secrets because what you'll find there is a pretty freaking awesome masterclass that is free by my friend Kate Kordsmeyer called three behind the scenes secrets to profitable blogging in 2020 and beyond and all I can say is it's happening really soon and you should get on that if you want to create a purposeful and profitable online business that's sustainable and rewarding in 2020. Thank you for listening to the Untapped Podcast. I'm Natalie Sisson. I have so many awesome guests lined up on the show for 2020. Uh, many names you'll know, some that you won't. And I'm just super excited to help you untap your potential, get paid to be you and live the life that you design. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.